Well, welcome back to Open the Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hi, I'm Tony. Welcome back. And today we would like to talk about transgenderism. Uh-huh. And, ah. Oh my gosh. I, I said the word. Even just saying the word. <laughs> I said it publicly. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, I actually just recorded yesterday uh, with some of the staff that we work with at church a whole podcast about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for what that podcast is and what we're trying to do with the congregation there are some filaments of the conversation that we couldn't quite get to mm-hmm. and so it's just been on my mind all week yeah uh and honestly for years yeah, yeah given the prominence that this discussion has had in the culture yeah and in church world as well like you and i both live and breathe you mm-hmm. know christianity the church world and yeah there's certainly been a topic of discussion there so I, I would just say up front, we recognize there's a great deal of sensitivity around this issue. Mm-hmm. And so I neither hope, of us are. Right. We are not transgender. So, um, yeah, I hope that this discussion will be uh, exemplary in the intellectual virtues, that we can have it mm-hmm. reasonably, charitably, um, carefully, thoughtfully. It is not our goal at all to offend mm-hmm. in any way. But as lovers of the truth and thinkers and we believe that thinking happens best in dialogue where we can bounce ideas off each other and try to help make sense of mm-hmm. this stuff so in pursuit of having sometimes we use that analogy on the show of uh the book of all truths yeah, you know yeah. and i would like to you know find out more about what's in that book and we are trying to do that through discussion yeah you know we i I have listened to, I, I don't know anyone personally, but over other podcasts, people who are transgender sharing their experience, mm-hmm. I recognize that I don't have firsthand acquaintance with the what it's like of experiencing transgenderism mm-hmm. or gender dysphoria, and we can get into all these different um, terms, yep. but if you wouldn't mind extending a bit of grace to us as we, right, you know, this isn't... Uh, the words like cup and table and apple I can use really well in a sentence (laughs) and not offend anyone. Right. But these terms are so laden. There's landmines everywhere. Yeah. And we may step on some today. Yeah. Yeah. So while I am trying to dodge the tripwires at the same time though, I do kind of want to speak freely uh, and not worry too much about all of that. And like, just if you just can know my heart, I want to understand it well. Yeah. And forgive me if I misuse a term, um, yeah. misapply or misgender in some way. Yeah. Um, it's bound to happen. So it may happen. Yeah. But if you're willing to put up with a little bit of that, <laughs> yeah. and you're not going to get triggered and, and all upset, then by all means, come along for the ride. And if mm-hmm. there's stuff that we miss, this is always the case with our show. We want this to be more than just a conversation between me and Clint. If you have something to add, if you are a transgender person and we are clearly missing a perspective and you can charitably and gracefully offer that perspective to us, we would welcome it. We would love mm-hmm. to hear what you have to add to the conversation because we certainly don't claim to know it all. Um, and yeah, we could use your help outside perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Man, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. I'm tempted to start with the terms, but that's kind of my go-to mm-hmm. thing. Just as defining a, terms off the yeah. bat. Yeah, yeah. Which can itself, I mean, that could take a while to button down and may even be like one of the flashpoints mm-hmm. in the broader discussion at all. But let's start here. Okay. Um, 
the term transgenderism, it's using that little word in there, gender. Mm -hmm. What is that? What is gender? And is it different from sex? Why is it not called transsexism? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So my off, I think I would have maybe five years ago, definitely five years ago, I would have thought sex and gender are the same thing. Right. Or 10 years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still tempted to think that, but I'm starting, I think, to get what people mean by gender being something else than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, another point, just whether it's a preamble or not, with with these terms that people are throwing around in the discussion, just because a term has been offered doesn't necessarily mean that it picks out something genuine in the world Mm -hmm. or that you absolutely have to make room for it in your broader worldview on the topic. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Gender non-binary is something we can get to later. But like, even I might understand what you're saying with that. I don't, just because you, a term has been offered doesn't mean you have to take that on and make space for it in the worldview. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So are you saying that over the past however many years, five, ten years, your thinking on it has has changed a little bit from gender and sex being the same thing? And I think insofar as just in my spheres of my social spheres, mm. I wasn't really encountering this discussion prior to that. Yeah. And so just I thought they were synonymous. They were kind of gender. used synonymously for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could probably still find it on uh, like government documents yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I think you could. I don't think it's totally trickled down onto every little piece of paper that there would be these separate categories. Yeah. But let's take a stab at it. Here's a stab. Yeah. Sex uh, is the biological underpinnings. Um, maybe your genetics, mm-hmm. uh, your anatomy are determined in some way. So like your the primary and secondary sexual characteristics, the primary being the gonads mm-hmm. um, and the external uh, bits, whereas the secondary sex characteristics would be what you get during puberty and post, mm-hmm. sure. um, whatever the collection of those are, you know what those mean. Yep. So, and then along with that, like, why did those develop? Well, there is these sex chromosomes in the human genome. I get one of each from my parents. I can be an XX or an XY for the most part, and then that leads to the development of these primary and secondary sex characteristics. Uh-huh. That That is all, like, that's sex to me in this discussion. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yes. Is that controversial? I don't think so. Oh, at least there needs to be a word to refer to the biological good, good. underpinnings. Maybe that's what I was trying to say, yeah. too, is, like, whatever damn word you want to use yeah. for any of this stuff like that I, that's a thing we want to refer to biology <laughs> yeah and we're going to do that with the word sex yeah okay yeah yep yep that makes sense um what else on that oh and just briefly i said for the most part you're like what do you mean mm. well there are these extremely rare cases where you can get two x's and a y i think that's Klinefelter syndrome okay wow. and feel free to google that like intersex is a it's an actual medical phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's not something you just read on a blog somewhere and made yeah. up. People really have this, and it's sad. Usually means infertility, and there's a whole 
list this, of them. Sorry, is this you have both male and female genitalia? Or it can be. Okay. Or they just both uh, they fail to develop at all. Right. In some cases, um, I think you can have three X's, X, Y, Y. Wow. There's just a lot of different combinations of X and Y that you can have that really, you know, goof up what the body is typically supposed Pretty to do. Pretty rare, those conditions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So that is a... Um, that is a fertile ground, that whole intersex arena. Now the doors, for me, get blown wide open for how to... Like, what do we do with that? Yeah. And, but... Because it's such a small case, I don't necessarily want to make a rule about how to think about all of gender and all of sex based on these little... Yep. Outliers. Outliers. Yes. So for the most part, I think you get what we're saying with sex. Now the word gender. Yeah. Okay. So for a long time, I think most of us would have said, oh, that's synonymous with what you've been talking about. But... At least for, like, uh, I have up here on the laptop just a few notes. Some of you have heard of the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they have a whole section in here on gender dysphoria. I'd encourage you. It's really interesting. Like, it's from the American Psychiatric Association. Yeah. Um, A a board, a collection of professional psychiatrists have gotten together and designed this manual to help people diagnose and give statistics yeah, on these things. Right. Uh, and part of how they describe the distinction, so they talk about sex just in the way that we just did. And then gender would be uh, the public-facing social aspect of this. So the way that you present yourself to the world. Can I? Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it the public facing how you present to the world or is it the felt experience of being male or female? That, um... Because, again, broadly speaking, when I think about a trans or somebody suffering with gender dysphoria, yeah, I, I'm thinking that is I feel like a woman trapped in the body of a man. And mm-hmm. regardless of how I present publicly or how I, you know, come across to other people, I have this internal sense that I am female, but it doesn't match my biology. So, but it, are you saying... I want to... Can we set that aside, yeah. the felt oh, yeah, expression? Yeah. Sure. So I think if I'm... Again, the words... I don't know if I even really care about the words. Right. It's the phenomenon. Yep. But they're saying here... Let me just read from the DSM. Yeah. Thus... There's a whole thing before it. Thus, gender is used to denote the public and usually legally recognized lived role... As boy or girl, man or woman. But in contrast to certain social constructionist theories where gender Mm -hmm. is just a social construct, biological factors are seen as contributing in interaction with social and psychological factors to gender development. So I have, so here's kind of the story that I take from that. Uh, My parents had sex and I was given some sex chromosomes. Mm -hmm. And through the normal, that's, Maybe we don't like that yet, but yep. the normal uh, development through that, I get some certain gonads. Yep. And then later on, I get certain secondary sex characteristics. And I began to live a role. I'm playing a role in society as uh-huh. one of these two genders. Wait a minute. I know, like, two 
just hold on. Yep. Male or female, boy or girl, man, woman. Um, and that's how I'm expressing myself to others around me. That might also, so the interplay there with societal expectations for mm-hmm. what boys and girls ought to be doing or ought to how they ought to dress uh, on this bell curve. I think all of that is your gender, the lived role. In society. Sure. That Then that does sound similar to a social construct. What's the difference there? Like Because they're saying that um, biological factors contribute to it. Right. So this ties into what like maybe a character like Jordan Peterson has gotten flack for mm-hmm. with pointing out uh, gender differences on the big five personality test. Yeah. So there's something we don't fully understand it. But they're biologically grounded. Yeah. There's yeah. certain uh, just by the mere fact that like statistically mm-hmm. like huge big data statistics women tend to score higher on neuroticism and agreeableness mm-hmm. on the big five personality test. Yeah. Across cultures and there's tons of studies on this. It's really pretty easy to find. Yeah. Um, and all different age groups. So, like, why is that? Well, we're biologically different. Mm-hmm. So maybe it stems from that. And there's they've demonstrated like a certain amount of heritability. We did a whole yep. um, podcast on that earlier about that topic. Um, yeah. So about heritability and what that means. But yeah, it seems like there's biological underpinnings for how men and women participate in that lived role. Yeah. In society, I think that's different from saying that everything about it is forced upon you by society. Social concept. It may be that there are good reasons uh, or um, good biological explanations for why these things develop the way they do. Yeah. So does that help? Is that can we use that moving like sex and gender, or is that miss? So you brought up the felt experience piece. Yeah. well, I'm I'm just thinking this might be one of the cases where a word's meaning has just changed over time, mm-hmm. you know, as language tends to do. There will always be a word to refer to some phenomenon. And yeah. mm-hmm. maybe for years, gender did refer to biological sexuality. Mm-hmm. And now in the last decade or so, that word has begun to be used differently to refer to this, the public-facing role that you play in society. So here, so just a couple of sentences earlier from the bit I just read a moment ago says this, the need to introduce the term gender arose with the realization that for individuals with conflicting or ambiguous biological indicators of sex, the intersex category mm-hmm. we spoke of, Kleinfelters, yep. the lived role in society and or the identification as male or female could not be universally associated from those biological factors yeah so we started to get like i mean just as modernity moves on more and more information is spread we can find out more of these stories and the stories of intersex people become more prominent you're like oh wow how do we how do we think of this how do we categorize it they they have ambiguous gonads yeah and ambiguous secondary characteristics what kind of role should they play? Yeah. Shall they play the role of male or female? And that I think kind of kickstarted the discussion. Okay, okay, we need a different word for that gender. 
That was already kind of being used. Let's make sex the biological stuff. We all get that. And gender is now the lived role. And so, typically, if you are sexually male, you will live out this lived role as male. But now, here's the tricky part, is what in the world is that? What's a what's a lived male role? Yeah. Um, because uh, the reason that gives me pause is I'm not super well-traveled. There's a lot of people that have traveled more than I have. Mm-hmm. But even in my limited travel, I have seen masculinity, maybe is that fair to bring up at this point, look yeah. differently or lived male roles. I view those as similar. Do you view those as the same thing? So let's maybe distinguish okay. maleness Sorry. is not the same thing as masculinity. Femaleness is not the same thing as femininity. Would you agree with that? Like when I think about the terms masculine and feminine, I think there are there are certain behavioral or temperamental traits that we tend to associate more with males generally speaking or females generally speaking. And so for you males and females is the sex yes category. The sex category. Okay. Um but masculinity and femininity I think are words that describe yeah a set of behaviors most typically um seen in males or in females but not exclusively it has to be obviously a Venn diagram with yeah. some overlap there. But uh-huh. like you were saying those big five traits like aggression is going to typically be higher in males. And we've sort of lumped that in the category of aggression is sort of a male thing. Not that females can't be aggressive. Not that some females aren't way more aggressive than certain males. That's certainly the case. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think of masculinity and femininity almost as just like circles we've drawn around different traits. Almost arbitrarily, but but mostly because of where we see those in terms of biological sex manifesting them. So... How do we get on that? What were you just equating to masculinity and femininity? Well, I was just I was trying to say that the lived gender roles yeah, yeah. and masculinity, maybe those are different, but yeah. just for a moment, they don't seem fixed across cultures, the masculinity. The sorry. The thing we've been talking I do agree that the big 5 yep. studies indicate that there's gender differences cross-culturally. Yep. But there are other maybe peripheral attributes that are not cross-culture. Mm-hmm. Like, Do you have examples? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, in the in the American South, there's like like the country song trope of I think of the country Southern dude. Mm-hmm. Like he drives a truck, truck he drinks beer, wears he, denim. He loves his wife. He yeah. Drinks whiskey. Yeah. You can picture this kind of trope. There he is in yeah, my head. You have him. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Garth Brooks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Yeah. So, and you can kind of characterize, and then what's a, what's a man in Seattle like? Wow. I think he wears a cardigan and a scarf, yeah. and he probably has glasses. Maybe a little more put together. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. He carries a leather satchel that has a MacBook in it. And he visits coffee shops. Uh huh. So we can we could continue this experiment yeah. all over the sure. place, and there'd be these slight differences. But in terms of the Big Five, okay, agreed that there's a handhold there for some 
biologically undergirded gender differences. Yeah. Now, okay, where to go from here? So we've just kind of been defining some terms. We started with the word transgenderism. Yep. And so even that word now, given what we've said so far, is to me, it strikes me as a little bit of a misnomer. Mm. Um, Where gender is defining because societal role. Here's what I want to say. Let me, yeah. let me see how this strikes you. Go ahead. Those who get upset at the topic of transgenderism yes. and think that it's ridiculous, yeah. I think are like you can't be just become a female whenever one wants. Mm-hmm. Like you either are a male or you are a female. Mm-hmm. There's no changing that from the biological sex aspect of the chromosomal makeup. Yeah, it goes right down okay. to the bottom of things. Yeah. So that's why it's almost like that person might be thinking of it as transsexism. Yes. Which that was a word that was used for a while, right? I don't know. Transsexual? That's a word. I've heard it. I've heard that word. word. Not as much anymore. Not so common these days. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think I'm sympathetic with that view. Yeah. I happen to think that and it might be just a technology issue. Uh-huh. We can't, can't change, change the chromosomes. Can't change the chromosomes. Yeah. And that is what's giving rise to the phenotype, the outward secondary primary characteristics yes like you can yeah. you could lop off the gonads yeah or reform them into something else but you haven't changed the factoid in the book of all truths that you are a male or a female and in the sex compartment that's and going back to the point of like we just want a word that refers to chromosomes yeah. like and what's going on with the chromosomes and yeah. that word is sex at this point but, so even if mm-hmm. even if we were to do away with that, some new word would emerge to refer to chromosome yes. identity. Right. Yeah. Right? I think so. Yeah. But then but the if you just take it at face value, the trans transgenderism, how we've been talking about gender from the DSM. Yeah. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. Is you are then trans across or changing changing the gender, changing the lived role. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Why that to me feels, at least from the legal standpoint, we can wonder. Let's save like Christianity and ethics to the end. Yeah. yeah. Until we understand what we're talking about. (laughs) But the legality and like the the freedom loving American in me says, okay, like whatever Whatever role you want to do. Um, if you don't want to conform to the typical stereotypes in the geographical region you're in, um, yeah. if you want to buck the trends of the big five, if you want to dress like a cowboy in Seattle, you can, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. Yeah. And you might be castigated for it, but welcome to America. Yeah. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So when I consider transgenderism on that front, and if that's if that's what everyone's talking about, like, hey, I want to have a different lived role. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, 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 okay, yeah. But it's when um, you no, brought, no issue with that. I don't have any no ethical problem. issue. No, uh, I don't know about that yet. Okay, the ethics part. Let's again okay. save that. But right. just like conceptually, I'd have you no. You should cor- have the freedom to do that. I have no quarrel with the idea of it. Yeah, in the same way, you can choose a career path and. 
choose who you associate with yeah. and how you dress. And But my worry, and I think others share the worry, yeah. is that this is not the claim being made, Right. unfortunately. It's that they're, they're making, they're confusing that, that may, sorry if that sounds arrogant, with the transsexual the transsexual idea again that's fallen out of favor that term yeah but the idea of i am now a female even though i was assigned male at birth right that does not make as much sense to me but i feel like that is the that's the cultural phenomenon that we're seeing all the time so let's take man everyone knows about caitlin jenner right Mm -hmm. so bruce jenner was this individual who won a lot of, I think, gold medals, mm-hmm. this famous Olympian, and then is reporting to everyone that I am a woman. I am a woman. I happen to have this male body. I'd like you to call me Caitlin and the rest of it, right? So yeah. I'm, and I'm transgender. And this person now, Caitlin, as they'd like to be referred to, or she, I don't know, right? Yep. But... Uh, is living out a role, the role of a woman. Yes. Just that is a fact. No, incontrovertible is living out a woman role. But I don't think that 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 individual, that homo sapien over there is a female. Mm -hmm. That's a male. You can't change the sex. Yeah. And I, what's, what sucks is that I feel like, I don't know if the, this podcast is popular enough yet to have a wide enough berth of people that would be upset with that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they would be if with what the, you just if said it were. Yeah. That I'd be bigoted or hateful just for that idea. You're denying her felt experience. And like, well, no, no. I'm just trying to understand the terms we're using. I'm I'm genuinely one I don't think that you can change your sex. If that's what you know what it, I do know what you I mean. I feel like I'm repeating myself. No, I'm, but. I'm following you. Sorry, I just got hung up on thinking about, in terms of these roles, he said she is living a, a woman's life or presenting as a female or a woman. That's, that's that the seems role. right, right? Or no? Yeah, but I'm even just wondering what... And I'm, is but that I, what, a spectrum? The, the various roles we play and who says what's a masculine role and what's a feminine role? Or does it just go back to that? We sort of associate aggression with maleness and mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever else with femaleness. Well, dude, there's, and I don't know the full history on this. I wish I was more astute on it. But then you have this whole other phenomenon of feminism. And there, someone that's a better student of history would know this better, but there's like first wave, second wave, third wave feminism. Yep. And. It's been really interesting to watch the cultural dialogue. Like these two things are kind of smashing into each other. Right. Because even as I say, like a woman lived role, like I th- I could see I, th- I could see people being offended by that. A feminist saying like, "What you you think what it means to be a woman is wearing dresses and makeup and long hair?" Yeah. And not, like, like I don't uh, know. I don't uh, know how, what to say. <laughs> um, yeah. And and you, certainly there are feminists that are trying to buck those societal norms. And I've known totally. people, I've known women, particularly from my academia days, that are like, I do not wear high heels. Reject that. I do not wear makeup. I'm not. Those were designed to don't, please men. Don't want to be seen as a I don't girly want girl. To. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Those two things seem at odds. 
So I don't know what really to make of that. Yeah. Or, but at least let's not get too bogged down with feminism. Trying to understand transgenderism, Mm -hmm. and that's what I see happening. Like in this case of Caitlyn Jenner, obviously very far removed from her. I don't know that person personally. Yeah. But is presenting as female, at least self-reporting that way. Yeah. Right. Sure. Sure. According to her. So I don't. Where do we stand now? Um. That's how I. I guess that's my summary statement on the word transgenderism and how I think it is being misused by yes. nearly everybody. <laughs> yeah. And is that crazy to think? I mean, no, I think the way you laid out, the way you laid it out makes sense. Okay. Um, I'm wondering what are the implications for, uh, interacting with and relating well with transgender folks who maybe are misusing the term or are well here's you a, maybe know. here's another way that um because you you brought up like when you said male and female you're yeah. like i mean the sex part yes that's another way of we all get confused yeah with each other because not everyone thinks that right right i think they mean male and female to mean gender sometimes yes the role in society and then now now clinton not that you need my permission right but yeah now i suddenly become okay with it like oh if that if you mean gender yes then and the lived role have at it by all means yeah but i just don't know that sex part can be changed does it are we all just talking past each other i do think here in a lot of that 2021 <laughs> yes it's like if we could just get clear on our terms it mm-hmm. might help i do think this yeah now, but you did say a moment ago that you suspect there'd be a large swath of people who might be offended at the notion that you can't change your sex or can't change. What? How did you say it earlier? Um. Yeah, you're denying my felt experience. There's a. There's or... a. No, I am female. Yeah, and you brought up the uh, one of the explanations that's given is that I like, for instance, I'm a a female soul in a male body. Yep. Well, now it's a whole other kind of that's a whole other podcast on what is a freaking soul. Mm-hmm. Um, can and they be gendered? Can they be gendered? Or sexed? See, yep. And, and again, I see. Uh, I tend to think no, right? That sex is a biological thing has that do. gives rise to a gender along with social influence, mm-hmm. which again, those social influences are also are undergirded by biology. Yeah. Right. Um, and that the soul, if such a thing is real, um, would be something a bit more abstract yeah. than it would sort of the nuances transcend of, the biology yes. in some way. Yeah. So that explanation has always been mystifying to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, hmm. I'm not wishing to suffer from gender dysphoria, but I do kind of wish I could have at least a taste of what that texture is like like i don't know i just don't know what it would be like to have that felt experience of of this mismatch between who i feel myself to be either as in my gender or societal role Mm -hmm. i guess that's what it means and my biology okay good so now i think we're now ready to shift over to another whole uh if we're turning the gem here looking at a different angle on it and that is the um what kind of 
is it should we give this normative or non-normative status in society the mm-hmm. the being transgender mm-hmm. i think there are quite a bit of media artifacts shows movies where this is a very celebrated um it's a great thing that you have found your true self you're imprisoned in this thing that you don't like and now you're fully able to blossom into who you really are and before we just give the final verdict on that i think i think everyone of course not but some might disagree but here is i'm looking at the dsm here is gender dysphoria mm-hmm. this is listed as the manual of mental disorders yeah we can have a whole discussion on what a mental disorder is that's hotly contested but here is the most recent up to date manual of mental disorders that human beings have collected the professionals have a way of thinking about mental disorder here is one of them gender dysphoria allow me to read some of the things about it sure Uh, a marked incongruence between one's experienced or expressed gender uh, of at least six months duration as manifested by at least two of the following six things Hmm. okay here they are uh a marked incongruence between one's experienced expressed gender and primary or secondary sex characteristics. So I have this experience mm-hmm. that's incongruent with gonads and breasts or something. Mm-hmm. Um, a strong desire to be rid of one's primary or secondary sex characteristics mm-hmm. because of that marked incongruence. A strong desire for the sex characteristics of the other gender. A strong desire to be of the other gender or some other alternative gender different from one's assigned gender a strong desire to be treated as the other gender socially a strong conviction that one has the typical feelings and reactions of the other gender and here gender is societal role yes that's what they mean right so that 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 is gender dysphoria i am displeased with the gender that I have. And remember, in their view, the gender, again, that lived role, that does have biological underpinnings. So it's not totally social construction. Right. And so my question is, I I genuinely don't know for sure, but is everyone that would identify as transgender suffering from gender dysphoria? Right. I would, I think so. Well, I'm I'm wondering. I feel like I'm actually a little more confused. Okay. Which is not the direction we want to go with these conversations. But the way that we're defining gender as being this societal role, public facing mm-hmm. role, would we say then that it's and and we said you've got all the freedom in the world to live whatever role you want, right? Does that mean ge- gender is fluid? You just tomorrow I want to live the role of a woman. And that's fine. I can do that. I'm not a woman. I am still male. Are you trying to get to the ethics part right now, or no? I'm trying to. That work. is a cat. So you brought there's this category gender fluid, and some people would identify that way. I'm gender fluid. What is that? What's that? That means that I like to, or I have this need I to oscillate between yep. different roles, mm-hmm. and it may be non-binary. We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, but. That there might be other options besides the male gender. Again, yeah. sorry about male sex, yeah, male yeah. gender, no, female gender. Yep. 
Um, well, that does seem to make sense to me, unless I'm not thinking about it clearly. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, that we're talking about social roles. But then, but not everyone who says that means that. And that's what I was trying to get at earlier. Yeah. And maybe we, maybe we just got to the crux of the matter earlier than we thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think that's a huge part of this is we're talking past each other. Some people are saying like, I'm a man today and I can be a woman the next day. Yeah. And I, th- I think they mean like period, end of sentence, everything that you want to lump into whatever it means to be man, mm-hmm. I can be that now and something else later. Right. And we want to resist that. I want to resist that. I think well-thinking people want to resist that notion if we care at all about biological truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So help me God. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but these these roles that we play, that does seem to me to be a spectrum of your mm-hmm. stereotypical, most masculine role you can again, think of. And to iterate. Seattle guy. Yeah. Woman on this end. Pick your role, go for it, whatever you want to do. And in that sense, aren't we all gender fluid? <laughs> like, you. But you're saying those roles have biological underpinnings. I think that's there is some link there that you've been mentioning. It's not an. It's not a pure accident of the history of social interaction. Yep. That m- m- uh individuals who have the sex characteristics of males tend to exhibit on the bell curve these kind of traits and the same for women yeah that is not purely nurture right let's say right yes they're they are heritable yep okay genetically influenced so i guess i are different because men and women are different biologically yes okay so gender dysphoria then, okay. just to circle back, yes, is um, the, yeah, all these different, uh, a lot of these say a strong desire. So you have this psychological, like it's a psychiatric thing. Yeah. So I have this mental, I have this mental, I have the psychological need to want to be rid of my sex characteristics or I like what I see over there and mm-hmm. I wish I was more like that. Yeah. Um, so dysphoria, displeasure. I, I, I don't have... Uh, the feeling of comfort mm-hmm. with the assigned uh, yeah. gender. That's got to be horrible to live with. Right. I can't really, imagine. Really sad. Yeah. To hate your own body and biology in that way or reject mm-hmm. it or feel like it is unnatural. That right. would be horrible to live with that. Mm-hmm. So my intuition then is that if someone is saying that they're transgender, then you must have gender dysphoria. You don't. You want to change the gender you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why do you want to do that? Yeah. Probably because of some stress or felt need, because it's a very difficult thing to be doing. Yeah. You will experience some amount of social negative pressure. Yeah. yeah for yeah. doing this, because it is, it is weird. Yeah. In the sense, and the purely the statistical. It just doesn't happen it's often. Uncommon. That's what I mean by weird. Yeah, it's it's not normal. It yes. is not a normal thing to occur. Yeah, and so, so, how much of this, or what degree of this, is a choice? Um, mm-hmm. like, I can imagine, and again, I am imagining because I haven't experienced this. Gender dysphoria would be something that you discover about yourself, or something that is sort of 
you're confronted with is this displeasure at your own biology and this desire for a different body or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of choice involved in the same way that I might be confronted with Alzheimer's one day, you know? Um, but I guess the choice to, well, certainly the choice for gender reassignment or sex, sex reassignment, gender reassignment, yeah. what do they call it? Should be sex reassignment. Yeah. Uh, sex reassignment surgery. surgery. That's a choice to undergo that in an attempt to alleviate these symptoms of dysphoria. Again, you have to call it something. Yeah. I don't like either of those words. Yeah. I don't think either of those things are happening when you have the surgery. Yeah. I don't think you can reassign your sex. Right. You can put something different. Again, the gender, that even the legal status. Yeah. You can put female down on your government forms and, and maybe we should for like legal forms have can we just add some questions in and yeah. call it a day like, do we like the male assigned at birth thing that's not my favorite language but if that's what everyone if we can all kind of understand that what that means yeah yeah that there's these re- there's really these two things and again there's intersex yeah. very small percentage but maybe we have people marked down when you get your dmv your license like male sign at birth but i prefer to present as female right okay yeah 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 um but so all of that to say that um i've at least heard in sort of christian circles this idea or the sentiment that there's some degree of choosing that's happening here you're choosing this lifestyle or you're choosing to reject the way god made you or something like Mm -hmm. that and i just want to i want to express a little more sympathy than that yeah um it's not just like a flipping the bird to God and I reject that you made me a man and or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like you're confronted with some serious incongruence between the way you feel and, and the biology that you've got. Yeah. So there's that. I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. The other end of this that I think what's causing so much cultural discussion on this is that how it's presented in media is uh, let's celebrate the way that God made you. Oh, yeah. And placing normative status on it as though this is a good and beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not denying. Like, you are, as a person, made in the image of God, meaning you have a free will and mm-hmm. agency and the ability to make moral decisions. Awesome. But this uh, status of having gender dysphoria... I view as a not the way it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. a privation of the good. Mm-hmm. This is sad that this has happened to you, mm-hmm. and I want to come alongside you and love you in any way that we can. But it would, I just seems, it just seems incorrect in the book of all truths to say that that is the way God designed you to be, mm. to give you a male body and a female soul. To use that example again, right. Um, In the same way that there's a host of other really sad, weird uh, congenital birth defects that rob people of human flourishing. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an analogy, and I'm going to think out loud. Okay. Maybe it'll be offensive. Maybe it won't. But that would... Okay. So you're suffering from gender dysphoria. You uh, decide to start presenting as the opposite 
gender, mm-hmm. let's say. To alleviate. To the, alleviate the symptoms. To try to achieve euphoria. Congruence. Right. I'm tired of you, dysphoria. You want euphoria. <laughs> so you now have gender euphoria. Yay, let's celebrate that. You're no longer suffering day in, day out because you've adjusted mm-hmm. your lifestyle or whatever. And maybe that is worth celebrating, the alleviation of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. In, this, in the same way that somebody born with an extra hand that's not working coming out the side of their arm or some some mutation or genetic defect or something maybe they have surgery to remove that hooray now you've got a properly functioning arm let's celebrate that but let's maybe not celebrate the fact that you had to go through it and that you were born with this Mm -hmm. um dysphoric uh mutation or something yeah is that a fair analogy i don't want to offend but i i'm just trying to I mean, I think you can basically pick anything that is classified as disorder yeah. as opposed to order. Mm. And there's a way that a human body from our best science... If those words mean anything. I know, for yeah. real. Like, if if we're ever going to use the word order again yeah, uh, or properly functioning, and that's this is the way... I mean, albeit I have blemishes, no doubt, but this is generally the way a male body will look yeah. when it reaches maturity yeah and this is relatively properly functioning yeah and sadly that's not the case for Mm -hmm. some folks and that is to be lamented um and we again we can grieve we can come as a parent if that happened i would be sad about that Mm -hmm. and i would want to come alongside my child and help them navigate that in the most wise healthy way possible Mm mm-hmm but to say, I think it's just making a leap in logic to then uh, give it a stamp of like normative status. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, I don't know if it's fair to bring up cancer here, mm-hmm. but that is a a mutation of yep. sorts. And I'm not saying transgenderism is a mutation or something. Yeah. It's a little more complicated given that it's a psychological disorder. But, uh, or rather gender dysphoria is yeah um so in cancer that is a dis it's a disorder mm-hmm. in the very general literal sense of that term your body is not functioning the way it should and it's leading to a lack of flourishing not just because society is prejudiced against cancer people right but because it's just it's really bad to have cancer for a lot of other reasons yeah I think, and this is another, let's turn the gem again, this is another aspect of this where we need to be confronted, we need to, we need to confront the reality that there are genuine negative side effects to uh, lasting impacts that you do to your body if you decide to make a full transition. Like the reassignment surgery. Yeah. You're saying there's downsides to that. And, and to just being gender dysphoric. Like it's. Well, yeah. It's not. It's. I want to resist the notion that the only negative side effects of the mental disorder are because society isn't on board with transgender people. Right. I think just there's something about the human nature that it's it's bumping up against the way the world should be. Does that make sense? I think so. Um I would think that what's bad about gender dysphoria is the felt experience of dysphoria. That mm. regardless of what society thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's like an open question for me that I need to do more research on. But 
there's like a your chances of being a victim of suicide go way up post surgery post reassignment surgery uh-huh. why is that is it because society isn't on board with this yet and you're being made fun of like not to put it lightly but you're yeah. just experiencing all these negative yeah, yeah. influences or is there something just about um like what's been done to the body and feeling regret or remorse and certainly people have reported that have they yeah of course yeah, yeah. i mean not all right but a certain amount um and it's something you can't really undo at this stage of technology this is where i don't know the stats at all yeah like and i don't i don't i didn't prepare well enough for that like do most do most folks who undergo that kind of surgery are they pleased with it and it's resolved their dysphoria and they get on through life great or what's the proportion of people who regret it people who mm-hmm. would recommend it um but you're saying either way suicide rates go up they do go up and the explanation for that is up for debate i think so yeah well for me for you, right um some people may have figured it out uh-huh. but i don't feel like i have the yeah. evidence yet but it's at least something to pay attention to mm-hmm. before we just hurriedly um, admonish yeah. everybody with dysphoria to go now, get Now, I don't know if I have enough to say about this next little aspect, but the whole non-binary stuff um, really just, if, if I'm being totally honest, throws me for a loop. Yeah. And again, I need to be very clear here. Back to our initial distinction. Please write into the show if we have this all backwards, by the way, as well. But um, again, I think there's some confusion going on. Mm-hmm. If by non-binary you mean the lived role the stuff roles? and yeah. you want to invent a third role. Um, well, add as many roles as you want. Okay. Thousands a, of them. A bird man yeah. living in you human society. Live as the bird man. And I've seen documentary stuff about the guy who wants to look like a tiger. Oh, yeah. And he's doctored up his whole yep. body. The, the lizard man. You've seen him. I've seen he's him. got a forked tongue and everything. And so does that is that gender non-binary? It's certainly not human. He's yeah. not trying to be hu- like present as human. <laughs> right. Uh, it's that whole other category. But again, but if we're saying it's that term male-female that's really thrown us. Yes. If we relegate those to sex and mean that, then I'd, I don't know if you can be gender non-binary. Like a some third sex you're not sex non-binary right there's just the two yeah like you um yeah there's nothing between male and female i don't think so in terms of biology and sex Mm -hmm. so yeah if you however you end up carving out the contours of this third or fourth or fifth gender that are not the masculine feminine male female uh, and you would like to be called Zer or whatever term that you feel you like, mm-hmm. um, by all means, attempt to live your life that way yeah. in the freedom-loving America that we're in. Yeah. But to then to then say that like I am this other sex or something, yeah. I just feel like there's miscommunication that goes on there. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, let's tie it. Do you want to talk about how this might apply to matters of faith or is that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's worth touching on. So one, one question that a, a thoughtful Christian might ask is, does the Bible say anything about this? Mm-hmm. Whether or not, I mean, you could be a Christian perhaps and not 
be too worried about whether the Bible talks about it, but yeah. <laughs> let's just think about it for a moment. It's yeah. a pretty important, long-standing book in the history of humanity, yeah. so contains some wisdom in there. Uh, you have in Genesis one twenty-seven uh, that God created man and his mankind in His image. Uh, he created the male and female. Yep. Okay, so there's that sounds like it'd be relevant. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's something uh, that's ma- maleness and femaleness are rooted in the image of God that the divine Godhead has these different traits. Yeah. And, and all wrapped up into this one being and then created uh, through whatever means these two sexes reflections of his his nature yeah his his, her it's right you know so there's something there to the sexes i don't know if that right there gives you masculinity femininity and like these set boundary lines again we discussed how that can fluctuate a little bit yeah as for transgender that's more difficult you're not going to find that word in at least so far, maybe right. a new translation has come out where someone decided <laughs> to put that in there. Uh, now, one interesting word that is used relatively frequently is eunuch. Yeah. What's a eunuch? Well, Jesus talks about eunuchs. This Does he? Is, yep. There's a really weird passage, Matthew 19, 12. Because I know a Peter runs into one, right? Um, he baptizes that the is eunuch. Philip. Oh, Philip, Philip, not Peter. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus says this, For there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others. And there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The Whoa. one who can accept this should accept it. <laughs> Funny way of putting it. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, this is just to point out that, so Jesus knew about eunuchs. His audience did, right? Yeah. That He didn't need yes, to explain it. it. No, right, right. Uh, and so t- typically this it could be different depending on who it is and who might have done this to you. But it's usually castration. Yeah. Uh, it's typically referring to males at this time period. Yeah. There were, I'm sure, cases of female genital mutilation. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's talking about males. Uh, I don't know. There's two different parts of the male genitalia, broadly speaking. Sure. Sometimes they leave one or sometimes it's all gone. Let yep. the reader understand. The bull's in the bat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That euphemism isn't really that. Uh, <laughs> Not on balls. It's just it's balls. Yeah. You didn't veil too much with that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so he's saying some are born that way and some were made that way by others. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So is he referring to like intersex yes. people who are per- born? Perhaps. Yes. Wow. I don't and know so- how common how common knowledge would that have been back then? Like if someone was born intersex. Are they is it known around town? Old Jimbo, he's intersex. Well, because he's a eunuch. Uh, good. So just to dovetail this with the Acts eight story that you referenced with Philip. Mm. Um, sorry, let me pull it up here. I have it hot linked. The Ethiopian eunuch. It is the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip and the Ethiopian. Let me just can I read this real yeah, quick? Yeah, please. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, "Go south to the road, the desert road." That goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian. An Ethiopian eunuch, sorry. An important official in charge of all the treasury of, oh my word, the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. Okay. 
This is NIV version, by the way. Got it. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot. Wow. Heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I? I'm not going to do an Ethiopian accent. Yeah, that's wise. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Okay, sorry, this is the crucial point. Okay. Uh, As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. They came up out of the water. The Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, which is bonkers. Wild. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Okay. And Philip did other stuff. Yep. So, sorry, really the ending there is what I wanted to focus on. But here's this whole story of a eunuch. Mm -hmm. And what is interesting is that, Sorry, this is, might be graphic. I find it a little bit comedic. Okay. But when how we describe what a eunuch is, um, that's not immediately apparent not just by looking. Not if you're clothed. Unless you're yeah. you know, revealing. Which they do in India. You know about this? No, tell me. Yeah, yeah. So in India, when I spent my time there, they warned us that there were these eunuch gypsies. No kidding. And they would walk around on the trains and they would do this, asking for money. They'd just demand money. And if you didn't pay them, up comes the skirt. They flash you and curse you, put a curse on you. No. Yeah, yeah. Have you been cursed? He, it, he, you can say he came up and did this to me, and I was like, sorry, man, I don't have any money. Like, I don't have any money. Sorry. And he said something that I didn't understand. I did not get flashed. He didn't lift the skirt, but he was cranky and he walked on. Oh, my word. So okay. I might have a hex on me. I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> sorry, sorry, but yes, not immediately obvious upon That's a crazy first story. Yeah. yeah. It's going to give you nightmares. Yeah, he's burned into my, my mind. Yeah, thank goodness I didn't go the extra mile. I know. That, that would have been trouble. Um, So what's interesting, though, is that Philip is not... There's no confusion that this is a eunuch. Philip knows this is a eunuch. Somehow it made its way into the story. Right. Yeah. So that tells me one of two things. Either this was probably... So, like, in Jesus's classification... Perhaps he was made a eunuch by someone else for a religious purpose mm-hmm. and thus wears special garb, let's oh, say, that mm-hmm. indicates that one is a eunuch. And maybe that has even pride of place. Like he was the treasurer of the queen of Ethiopia. Yeah. Uh, or the intersects. when he got or the, in, or the intersects. Uh, that's interesting. I don't think so. Maybe. You don't think so? <laughs> I mean, he probably want to get all these robes wet. That's how he found out. That's funny. Uh, well, not, I don't know. It's, it's funny, know. but. It's, it's a possibility. Or if it's, I'm just, here's what some like uh, commentators have tried to apply this to the transgender topic Mm -hmm. is if this eunuch was the one born that way, then maybe they are in this intersex category. They've developed in such a way to not have 
the striking secondary features that help us. They don't like, have a big beard or something. Yeah. Lacking in testosterone. Yes. You would expect a guy to have a lot of facial hair. Effeminate. Is that an offensive word? But maybe. Uh, I don't think so. The, you know, yeah. looks that way. And so Philip realizes that. But here's what's so fascinating. Uh, here is some water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Mm-hmm. There was nothing about him being a eunuch that Philip said, no, you are not able to be baptized. Yep. You And to me, that's saying something about uh, that doesn't stop you from being favored by God in some way or in the family of God, in the kingdom of God. Yeah. You are welcome. You're welcome. You are welcome. Yeah. And I guess that I want that to be my posture. Right. You right. are welcome in the family of God. Yeah. And that might come as a challenge to some folks in the Christian community who I, I know would see it as like a transgender person as an affront to how God made them to be or a rejection of the image of God that they're supposed to bear. There's some degree mm-hmm. of discomfort, I think, commonly with transgender folks in church. I can certainly imagine a lot of churches across the country who would not have that welcoming attitude. Right. That it's somehow a sin, that lifestyle you're living is a sin. But like... But that's... So even though it sounds like... Just forgive me if you're yeah. transgender and listening, speaking to you directly. Uh, forgive me if that it's offensive for me to refer to what you're going through as a mental disorder of right. gender dysphoria. Right, right. But what I, like as someone just trying to make sense of it, what I think would be freeing about that is that at least from my faith community and my social situation, that is... Uh, it's that's just something that has happened to you by dint of the genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, have, this isn't an assault on your character yeah, or your right. value as a person. Whereas there are some faith communities that are attributing this. This is sin, wicked, and it's worthy of eternal punishment and all sorts of yeah, stuff being yeah. being thrown onto that. And I want to get rid of all of that. Let's and, have compassion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For someone who's clearly suffering mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting too, uh, just in that passage, mm. I'm seeing here a, a footnote that says later manuscripts add, uh, Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. And the eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Oh. So they added in like, they were they were kind of, I'm, I'm sure they were reading that. They're like, I don't think that eunuch said enough to indicate that he was really <laughs> he was born really again on board. <laughs> and so they added him saying like, okay, he's make him say the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I believe Jesus Christ is something. Okay. Pro, pro Jesus. Now yeah. he's good. <laughs> now you're in. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, but yeah, uh, that's a, I mean, maybe someone can pick up some other filaments in scripture that refer to this topic, but I think that's about it. Now this is kind of a weird one. Um, I don't mean to get into the topic of um, orientation mm-hmm. necessarily in this conversation, but the only other, uh, maybe not the only, one other uh, indicator of this is in the King James Version in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, uh, there's a whole list of some sins, mm-hmm. and it talks about um, adulterers, fornicators, and the effeminate, 
Oh yeah. Uh, and nor the effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind. And the NIV got rid of all of that and just said, uh, nor men who have sex with men. Right. So, but just what's kind of interesting is like the King James, as opposed to the NIV, um, is known for like the word for word style yes. of translation, mm-hmm. whereas NIV is trying to get at the idea more. But there are these two words, uh, malakos and arsena. Arsenakoites. Wow. So these two words, and the Malakos one is like effeminate, mm. which uh, we can wonder how to handle the passage, but at least that this word is being used mm-hmm. is an indicator of something having to do with masculinity, femininity, yeah. and describing a man who, had, and the Greek uh, strong concordance has it, of uncertain affinity, soft. Uh, fine clothing, figuratively. Uh, so, hmm. just that that's being used to describe a man, effeminate was the translated word. There's another instance of where the Bible makes use of feminine, masculine language. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems to me like it just it can't be the case that, for example, as a man wearing a particular item of clothing is a sin like me, for me to wear a dress would be sinful that, deuteronomy that 22 5 oh he's got a verse ready to go deuteronomy 22 5 what does it say a woman must not wear men's clothing okay nor a man wear women's clothing yeah, for the right. lord your god detests anyone who does this <laughs> oh man now even yeah, the cons- even the most conservative evangelicals among us find ways to get out of that one like that's the old law old covenant yeah yeah. but i mean i think that's super interesting like what's men's clothing yeah exactly that's what these aren't fixed categories man like these things change over time fashion changes over time and if i'm being honest at least from what i've seen from christmas plays yeah mary and joseph's Outfit very is similar, not hardly different at all. Yeah, yeah. You've got Scottish men wearing drab kilts. rags, yeah, and robes. Yeah, that is it. There's yeah. no so is bra- it based on color. There or? are no brasiers. No. There's no thongs. <laughs> right. There's right. no jock straps. There's yeah. none of that stuff. None of that. <laughs> Camisoles. That's too yeah. funny. There's just there's robes. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there is an undergarment, tunics. but I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, should look into that. Wow. What is a ancient Near East male clothing that a woman would never wear? Yeah. Mm. Beats the heck out of me. Anyway. Don't know. But they were concerned about it. Apparently the Lord was too. Big deal. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So one topic here is just how to love well. Mm -hmm. How to love someone well that has gender dysphoria and is transgender and there's a whole journey that someone who identifies that way is going to go through. Yeah. And I think, uh, I know people in our church that are, uh, bumping up against these, the rubber meets the road in some scenarios. Like, are you going to use the new name yep. that like, if you came to me, Clint, I would like to be called Tonya. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like now I have a choice to make on mm-hmm. whether to honor that request yep. or preferred pronouns. Um, there's a, I just, you know, I'm not really in, I'm not 
going through this with anybody personally. So I'm kind of just freshly hearing these different scenarios. I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Like, what do you do there? Yeah. So uh, your son, your biological son wants to get married, but identifies as a female. Yeah. And typically the father walks the daughter down the aisle. Yeah. So am I going to walk my son that I held in my arms and saw his biology before me, mm-hmm. behold my son, like Lion King, Simba yeah. is being <laughs> Rafiki's displaying him. Am I going to walk him down the aisle like a daughter? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And yeah. is that the loving thing what to do? Was, what's the loving thing to do? Mm-hmm. I think maybe the hardest issue for me mm-hmm. when I think about the, like for me to, to use somebody's preferred pronouns or whatever, that's not a big deal to me. I'm happy to do it in the same way you, you have a preference to be called Clinton or Clint or whatever. I'm going to call you what you like to be called. That's fine. Um, when it comes to somebody experiencing gender dysphoria and saying, I would like, or say my own son when I have one comes to me and says, I want to undergo the reassignment surgery. Will you pay for it? Oh man. Well, then it gets complicated. And they're an adult. I don't know. Let's the child part, I guess is a whole other bag. Yeah. That's a whole other bag. But like, is the loving thing to do, and this is where I just don't know, I don't have the stats. Mm-hmm. Is it the case that most people who undergo the surgery have their symptoms of dysphoria relieved? Hooray, happy life. Mm-hmm. Or or is it that, can it do more harm than good? What's the huh. loving thing to do there? I hear you saying you want to do your, the loving action is informed by evidence. <laughs> I am saying that. Not yes. ju- not just- um, The tug of the heart string. Empathy. Yes. We talked about that in yeah, the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to have- I've, reasons to think that the what i'm doing is the most lo- the best thing for beyond them. just people are feeling a certain yeah. way yeah yeah is that crazy well, to in think, the same, well just in the same way that i don't know if a heroin addict comes to you and says please give me some heroin i've got all these symptoms giving them heroin is probably not the most loving thing to do mm-hmm. even though in that moment if You've they're begging, them. begging and crying for it and it would re- immediately relieve some symptoms you're furthering the problem. Mm-hmm. And so in the same way, I'd want to be sure that I wasn't doing that, making the problem worse, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I, the answer is not clear to me there. I and the thing is, like, I, and I should have mentioned this earlier, but maybe it was obvious to the listener, uh, gender dysphoria and basically any mental disorder has varying degrees of severity. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Uh, I encourage listeners, to, there's this podcast called uh, Theology in the Raw, with this guy Preston Sprinkle, he had actually just had a book come out last month uh, called Embodied, all about this topic, and is doing a four-part series inviting oh, cool. people with uh, gender dysphoria and are transgender on the podcast. And there's this one gal that came on, like I have gender dysphoria, but it's not very severe, so I haven't. I don't feel like I need to. I don't refer to myself as transgender. Mm. I'm not tempted to get the reassignment surgery but far be it for me to wear a dress or anything like that like i just feel really uncomfortable really um with feminine right artifacts mm-hmm. from culture and stuff so there's there's a whole spectrum of severity of that felt feeling and so i'm wondering mm. what i'd like to find out more about after we sign off here is probably should have done it before but here we are a moment in honest. time yeah yeah i don't know have all the answers the cases where there is the most relief of dysphoria in post surgery. Yeah, maybe are the cases where the dysphoria is most severe. Right. But then when the dysphoria was not as severe, but they still it can seem like an overstep, and there's regret there or something. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, man. 
So it's hard, even the stats might not bear out, may not be action guiding for you. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing about stats is yeah. that they give you information about a collective. Yeah. But for you in that moment case as a parent, case. you need to know the child and how how severe is this? Yeah. Like, is this like um, you're on death's door mm-hmm. and you need like. Honestly, like, what if they're facing suicide now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're right. so dysphoric. Right. And maybe this will help. Is yeah. it like that? Yeah. Or, you know, and then there's a whole other spectrum of man associated things. Complicated topics. It that is, yeah. warrant careful thought. Sorry if this went on a little bit longer than usual, but... I think it um, warrants it. Yeah. There was a lot to And I'm navigate. sorry if we stepped on landmines and if we offended you we did give you that warning up front that that was probably going to happen but mm-hmm. we're just trying to make sense of this you yeah. know um so. so as a summary i think there is confusion on how we're talking about it mm-hmm. the people that are really upset with transgenderism uh think that you might mean you can change your uh immutable maleness and femaleness mm-hmm. and maybe some advice to those advocates to be a little bit more clear about what you mean Mm because if you just mean changing the lived role oh yeah yeah. you could you could avoid a lot of the consternation from the more conservative crowd need to happen yeah yeah (laughs) clarity is king i wonder (laughs) yeah Um, so if you found this conversation helpful and or you have something to add to it if we miss something, if we have blind spots and you have a perspective to offer, of course, reach out. You can leave a comment on this video on YouTube or you can write to us. You got something and in, to in say. In fact, they just changed the algorithm apparently. Oh my gosh. And so comments are king. Really? If you leave, a, leave if you want to support us, leave a comment. That would be helpful. That boosts it up in the wow. hierarchy. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know what you think. You can also write to us, opentotruthpodcast at gmail.com. Or visit our website, opentotruth.com, and there's a contact form there as well. We'd love to hear from you. We also write about this every week on Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, yeah. I can, in full honesty, endorse this because I don't write these (laughs) weekly blog posts and emails that go out. Clint writes them. But they're bloody fantastic. And I know I'm biased because I'm his best friend. But, like, if you're interested in philosophy and you want bite-sized nuggets of thoughtful musing sent to your inbox, sign up for the email list. It's good stuff that he's writing. So... I benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Nice. Nice work. Alrighty. We'll see you next time. See ya. Stay curious.